Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And I'm Austin. And we are track walking. Tonight, fresh back, well, not fresh back, a week fresh back from Coda is everyone's favorite 370Z GLTC driver and uh, <laughs> livery designer extraordinaire, uh, former, like, recovering time attack driver, Austin Hurdle. What's up, guys? <laughs> Great introduction. How's that? Love it. <laughs> we we try to do the worst introductions possible, so uh, everything after that's got to get better. <laughs> All the way up is is up from here. <laughs> yeah, I do like the the new livery this year. It is very good. Oh, man, I appreciate it. Man, that thing uh, that thing stressed me out <laughs> trying to stuff it in. I mean, yeah. I was procrastinating on that thing and. I, I literally finished it. It literally was up in the air. Finished it, dropped it on the ground, and then it, it went on the trailer. Like it was, it was one of the last things I I got to finish before it got loaded up. So, yeah, and that's why we didn't do an interview with Austin a little while ago is because <laughs> he was trying to desperately trying to figure out his car. But <laughs> so I mean the you know since we're uh an audio medium and people can't see things. Um, the front of your car is like metallic pink, like metallic hot pink. Oh yeah. With yeah. white, yeah. white in the middle and then a black at the back end. Yep. Yep. The color, uh, the color on the front, man, I've been, I've been wanting to do pink for a while. Like, uh, I've, I've designed my own liveries, like, you know all the uh, all the shapes and designs and lines on the car. It's all like, like sketched up by myself, and then I start to throw the colors on it, and and uh, you know it's fully wrap it myself as well. And uh, and yeah, man, I've been wanting to do pink for a while. We had red and white in the beginning, and then we went to an orange and uh, uh, chrome purple for last year, and then. I finally got around to doing the uh, the pink on the car you see now is uh yeah I think it's uh like uh it's pink hyperchrome I think is what the the color is so it's that, it's amazing when you, when, when the sun hits it so yeah it's, it's stunning in it. person it's a very good very good color that's right Thank Seth has actually seen your car and I haven't yeah <laughs> I'm I'm with it? it right now Scott briefly I'm I'm very you're very so with hip. the GLTC scene right now and you're you're out. So groovy, <laughs> man. Um, but real quick, the drama right before you left Coda was not the rap, but what you discovered as I was installing oh, man. <laughs> my shocks and kind of stressing out about that. You're like, oh, hey, by the way, look what I found. <laughs> and you show this puddle under one of your remote reservoirs for your rear shock. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be getting ready for an event if, if something like that didn't happen, you know, it's, it seems like we're always rushing, procrastinating and, and then we'll notice something. It's just it always got a next day or something like that's without a doubt. This is what's going to happen. I was about but yeah, to say, we, uh, how much in shipping did you do? Oh, for oh, man. This? 
Well, they're they're um, Fortunato. They're not that far from from me, and okay. and like you said, we noticed a a, a small leak uh, out of one of the reservoirs, which you know, on me because I should have been checking that stuff, and here I am dealing with wrapping the car over, you know, checking mechanical parts of the car. Uh, just trying to make the car look, look good, and yeah, we noticed a leak, and that was on Sunday, um, Sunday night. Obviously, can't do anything on Sunday, so I had to do everything on Monday, and I was supposed to be loaded up Tuesday night um, to to be uh, headed out Wednesday um, for Coda, and uh, so we next day aired it uh, Monday Monday night to them, and it was two hundred and fourteen dollars one way. <laughs> to get the shock to them yep. and uh luckily it showed up they finished it in like three or four hours i think it was boxed it all back up and then next day aired it back to me again which i think was i think we did a little bit cheaper option <laughs> on the way back yeah uh which i think it was like an extra 80 or 90 bucks back so i mean all in all we you know it was over 300 dollars just in shipping charges to uh to get that thing there and back to me and i mean it was it was on the car you know, hours before the the car hit the ground and got loaded up on the trailer. I didn't even get to take the thing down the street to make sure parts wouldn't fall yeah. off the car <laughs> yeah. before we loaded it up. Yeah, the that business discount for shipping is a real thing. <laughs> oh man, I'd I'd love to have something like that, yeah. especially with the the way I put myself in places. So, yeah, I I only recently discovered it because for. Uh, the new website and stuff I had to set like I'm just having to set up business accounts of like everything just to in part have it but I did have to send some some shocks and um, some other things around and so I went ahead and opened one and oh my god it's so much cheaper <laughs> it's so oh, nice <laughs> so speaking of nice the new website looks nice I was just checking Thanks, it out man. a little bit ago thank you I appreciate that I <laughs> You know, for as simple as it is, like, I put a lot of time into that stupid thing. <laughs> oh, man. I, Thank you. I bet. I bet. I mean, it's the same thing with working on cars. You think you got, you know, you got something that you think is going to take two hours and it ends up taking eight hours to do. And when you when you got more than just that one thing to do and it just everything just multiplies and stacks up and you run out of time quick. Yeah, it's so we kind of find that there's always the like for whatever finished product or whatever you hope to do with something there's a ratio of time that has to be spent before that so it's like did did you ever play sports like when you were growing uh, up a, a, a little bit not too much i mean just just you know kind of sports just just because like you know my parents wanted me to do something i mean i played right. a little bit of baseball and and football i did some wrestling in in high school just to just for the uh you know to get in shape kind of thing and yeah. i was more uh way into the racing side of things uh more than nice. the, the sport high school sports <laughs> yeah like so when i was i spent weeks of my college career sitting in an editing booth editing video and stuff like that for projects and you know there's always the ratio that if you spent an hour of editing for every minute of finished product like you were going really fast and so that was good but then you know we look at race cars and like how much time do we spend on the car for every minute of track time and it's way worse it's 
it's astronomical it is literally astronomical <laughs> and that's and that i think is i we don't talk enough about that like in school like you know they always talk about like practicing for sports or you know you've got to practice and but so much emphasis is placed on the final product that i think we we learn to like hate the practice and like hate the work that goes into that we just want to get to the feel good part we just want to get to it when like that's like 95% of your time of like race car time is like working on a car if that's like unless you have somebody do it but right like right. you better like it otherwise you're going to be miserable oh, man. yeah yeah it, yeah i mean we worked on the car probably you know 8 weeks straight almost yeah. i mean the last uh, the last few weeks were definitely every single day i mean straight from you know get off work and just lock myself in the garage almost and work till nine ten o'clock at night every night and then obviously as you get closer those nights get longer than that um but yeah it's uh that's you know to work on a car for two months and and you know you get to drive it you know two or three days <laughs> when you get down to texas for coda it's uh hope it's worth it man yeah 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 do you like it do you like working in cars uh that's a that's that is exactly question. how everybody <laughs> said, well, uh... <laughs> like when it's going good, it's great. Like when you're checking things off a, a checklist, I mean, I make checklists like all the time. Oh, like my memory is terrible. I like, love the a good checklist. I love <laughs> checking Dude. things off a list when, more than I like <laughs> working on cars. Yeah. I mean, just even just a little, a check mark next to that item is not sufficient. You got to fully put a, you know, a line all the way through it. That's make, like, make it, you know, it's event. worth it. <laughs> but yeah, when it's going good, it's, it's great. And then you run into problems or things that, you know, you make uh, that just didn't quite turn out how you'd hoped and you got to remake them. I mean, it just, man, it, uh, <laughs> it's it gets rough but uh i mean i'm i'm happy to have it where i where i got it and be able to finish you know what i could finish before before i got to coda so i mean you know it it, it turned out well now you said that you were less into sports in school and already kind of into racing so how how early did that actually start for you Oh man. Um, so my racing, uh, kind of started when I, I was around seven. Um, uh, not car racing, obviously, but, uh, my, uh, my parents bought me a, uh, a dirt bike when I was yes. seven dirt and, bikes. uh, <laughs> man, it's, I, I think I can't remember when, you know, I was around seven years old or so when they, uh, when they bought me my first dirt bike and, you know, what was maybe, it? I need to know it was, it was. the fir- the very first one. Uh, I believe it was a uh, like a uh, what was it? Uh, it was like KTM sixty five, I believe. Well, so, that's a that's a violent first dirt bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh oh man, we we had we had a blast. My parents were just moving out into the country, and we had uh, a few acres out there to to ride around on. And my brother got a dirt bike as well. We were always ride around and that slowly progressed into, you know, getting older and, you know, wanting to, you know, my parents took me into some races and we watched some stuff and then we entered in and, and, uh, just some like local tracks. And, uh, 
man, that, that, that eventually, you know, progressed to, you know, racing with, you know, um, a lot bigger bikes and we raced, you know, all around the States. I mean, we've went everywhere from West Virginia to Michigan, Illinois, Ohio. I mean, so you're pretty kind of everywhere. You're pretty into uh, it then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were there before I, I ended up stopping in, uh, in high school, we were, we were probably racing almost nearly like every weekend, if, if not like every other weekend and in, in different, uh, in different places. I mean, we had same, same deal with the cars. I mean, you, we would prep the, prep the bikes throughout the week and, uh, go racing on a weekend and, and head home and, you know, sleep a few hours before we, uh, got up for, for school that next day. It was, uh, you know, we, uh, we did. We didn't make it like pro or anything, but we definitely did. Uh, did some some qualifiers for uh, for national stuff and did some regional stuff as well. Um, and uh, didn't quite make it to the national event, but uh, we we're uh, you know um, we we're having a blast there. So saved, saved <laughs> you saved you from a life of broken bones anyway. So the oh. dream is to go to Loretta's, isn't it? That's like yep. That is the one, you know it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we made, uh, we did some uh, regional stuff and didn't quite get that, uh, that Loretta's ticket. So uh, I think we're a little bit off. I think, you know, at regionals, you need to place, I want to say like, uh, like seventh ish or something or eighth to get to Loretta's. And we were probably, you know, 20th or 15th or something at regional. So we were, we didn't quite make it there, but man, we were we were close. <laughs> you're close enough that you're like, if I have a good race, if I have yeah. the good race today, right, yeah. right, and yeah, I mean, uh, the region that's pretty crazy. Like my old life of racing, uh, racing motocross is real close to my, you know, quote unquote new life of racing cars. There's there's a tr- the track that was uh, for regionals that we raced on was Redbud. And that's uh, super close to Gingerman, which we always go to. I mean, they got to be like 30 minutes away, 20 minutes away. Like, you know, I've spent a lot of my like younger years, you know, going up to Redbud and and racing on the weekends. And then now in my adult life, I'm 20 minutes down the road racing at Gingerman. What? So you said that most weeks you guys would be working on the bikes, getting them prepped and then racing on the weekends. And that's, it's kind of, I, I don't want to say that's hard, but like that's, that's quite the schedule for a kid. What, what was it about you that like kept you doing that for a fairly long time? Like doing the work, <clears throat> going to races, like trout, like what, what was it about the whole experience that you liked? <sighs> Um, well, I mean, it definitely made it a little bit easier. Um, bikes are a lot easier to work on than a race car. Um, a lot less money. I mean, I wasn't dealing with the money side of things when I was a kid. My, you know, I was fortunate that my, my parents could, you know, help out and also help out on the mechanical side of things as well. I mean, you know, we, we try to show up with, you know, bikes ready to go. I mean, there wasn't like too much prep, I would say involved other than just, you know, the small things, or if you, broke something on a race weekend you'd need to fix it but uh my dad helped out a lot and uh you know he was uh you know showing me showing me stuff as we as we went and you know it just you get on get to a race weekend after a long day of or a long week of school and it's you know it's kind of like a little mini vacation you know i was 
pretty fortunate to be able to uh, go and race at all these different tracks all over the states and and uh, man, it was it was fun. You get to hang out. You get a, like a whole new friend group, you know, out there, a bunch bunch of other guys, you know, hanging out and campers and hanging around fires and get to race throughout the day. I mean, that was the that was a life to me. <laughs> it was a, it was a blast. Typically the yeah. typically the same group of kids and people wherever you went. Yeah, yeah. For the for the most part, I mean, you definitely have uh, some of the guys that. You know, if you went to a local race, they probably wouldn't venture out to some of the bigger stuff or, you know, that kind of thing. But a lot of the a lot of the guys that I would race with on local weekends would be at the bigger weekends. And and yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a the fun time. Same families and the same kids growing up together. And uh, yeah, it's a traveling sort of a traveling town. Um, oh. Those are they're, they're pretty neat events. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, very similar to, to, you know, what, what we're into now with, uh, with racing cars. I mean, you got your, your friends that you see on a race weekend that are your best buddies. And then you come home and they're nowhere to be found until you go racing again. And then, uh, you got, you know, you go, you get back to them. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Did your entire family typically go on the weekend? Yeah, yeah, full family effort. Mom, dad, both of them went. Brother was racing as well, um, and then myself. You know, it's the four of us, and and uh, yeah, we we had a toy hauler. You know, it's you've probably seen it at. Uh, I bring it to some events. So, you know, we've kind of modified that toy hauler to put my race car in it now, but that's the same toy hauler that that we used to use when we that's when awesome. we raced motocross on the weekends. They've, my parents have had that for a while, and uh, yeah, it's been it sat for a few years while we. Uh, like I said, I, I quit racing motocross and uh, in about high school when I got into college and and got my job. But uh, the toy hauler sat around for a few years while I was in college, and then we kind of repurposed it. You know, after I got into racing cars and put the car in there, and we take that you know now on on race weekends again. So car cars a little bit bigger than bikes are. Oh yeah, it's uh, definitely a lot bigger. I mean, we stacked. I mean, between me and my brother, we had, uh, I mean, at one point we, we had like six bikes fit in the back of that. I mean, we had a practice bike, a race bike, you know, uh, my brother had one or a couple and, and, you know, you know, spares in there and, and, uh, we'd stack that thing full. But yeah, when, when you try to put a race car in there, you get, you got one car barely. <laughs> It'd be a little bit easier if I was racing a Miata though, <laughs> versus, uh, my big thing that I got. Yeah. But. Yeah, a little little <laughs> bit of a size. What's your what's your minimum weight you're running right now? So we went a, I mean, I'll say we went a different direction, but really we we've been in this direction of just the heaviest car in the field, and we continue to make it the heavy, you know, the heaviest again. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I went across the scales at Coda a few times, and the last time it was thirty five, thirty five. <sighs> So <laughs> I think I think minimum weight is thirty four seventy ish range. So I was a little heavy, but uh, you are yeah, over thirty five hundred pounds. You are nine hundred <laughs> pounds heavier than my car, and my car has two like o- over two hundred pounds of ballast in <laughs> to get to <laughs> Dude, that that's, point. That's wild, Jesus. and it just keeps on getting wider. I mean, the wider tires. I mean, the arrow. I mean, it just. Uh, 
I don't know. I think I keep on making it heavier and try to put bigger tires on it to, to mask year. my terrible driving. <laughs> but we, uh, we got to try something, you know? <laughs> so where, where did the transition come then from dirt bikes into what was after dirt bikes? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, uh, it was probably my, uh, junior or senior year or so. Um, well, actually, I'll back it up a little bit that in my uh, freshman year uh, I, w- I was lucky enough before this point to like never having broke a bone at all like nothing nothing major um, up until this point but in in my freshman Impressive. year of high school it's uh I was even winning the race when this happened we literally I crossed the finish line and jumped this jump and there was a there was a lapper that was going up the face of the jump the same time as me and he kind of came over in the air and landed like right on me almost essentially. So I, when I landed, I went to go brace with my leg and, and snapped my femur um, there. And that kind of put a damper on things oh, a no. little bit, you know? Dude, yeah, I mean, like, a big bone. <laughs> dude, I, I went years. I mean, I was racing from seven until I was, you know, 18 or so. And I went years without snapping anything or breaking any bones or anything. And then I, I managed to snap the biggest bone that you have in your body. God. And it was even after I was literally checking, taking the checkered flag when it happened. And uh, so, yeah, that put a damper on things a little bit. And I, I kind of got back into it a little bit after that, you know, uh, my junior year or so. And uh, but after that, I got my job that I, I still currently have now. Um, I got it when I was in high school and then I. Uh, I signed up to go to uh, Purdue for college and with work and school and trying to make as much money as I could. Uh, I just kind of put the, uh, the dirt bike on the back burner for a little while. And, sure. and, uh, and then, you know, I got into college and, and purchased the car that you see that I'm racing now. I literally, I bought that thing. It had 1400 miles on it when I bought it. I bought that thing in college. I literally told myself, I was like, I'm just going to get some like nice wheels on this thing. Just lower it a little bit. Just take it to some car shows. Just hang out with my friends. Nothing serious. Man, it, uh, it is, it definitely didn't turn out that way as you can tell. So, um, (laughs) for the people, why don't you tell them what, what do you do for work? Uh, so I'm a mechanical engineer. Um, I work, uh, for a company called, uh, Western Cullen Hayes. Uh, we, uh, we manufacture railroad safety equipment essentially. So, um, any, uh, safety appliances, uh, for the railroads, um, bumping posts at the end of the track, safety devices, derails to derail a train in the event of a, an incident. You know, we, we manufacture a lot of, uh, lots of, of the, uh, safety components for that. So. A lot of a lot of CAD designing and uh, you know uh, all all that kind of good stuff. Dang, yeah, that's man, that's a world I know little about. <laughs> um, so how did I'm going to come back to your engineering later? But how did you go from I'm just going to put a set of wheels on it to the track? Like, what mistake did you make in your life that led you there? It's it's the friends. It's the friends that get you Dicks. every time. It's like you uh you, you know you got some friends that are like oh let's just go hang out at some car shows and you got some other friends that are like hey I do autocross on weekends and then you see them posting pictures of their track cars. Oh, you doing autocross? You mean stuff. the cult? <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, the the bug that will bite you. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I had uh, I had a couple buddies that were into autocross, and uh, they uh, kind of invited me out to come experience what it would be like. And, uh, you know, basically said, you know, you don't really need much beside a helmet. And, uh, you know, I think it was super cheap. You know, I, I can't remember how much it was, but way cheaper than, you know, what we do now. Okay. But um, super accessible. Don't need a trailer. Don't need anything but a helmet. You just show up, you get some pants close to shoes and, and a helmet. And, uh, yeah, did first autocross day. And, man, I I – I couldn't keep the smile off my face. I mean, I remember leaving there and I was like, Where, when's the next one? You know, how do I do more of this? Like, and my, almost my immediate reaction was, you know, how do I get more driving time, you know, for my day, you know, cause you got, you got a whole day wrapped up in doing autocross and, and you get, you know, your six or seven runs and those last 50 seconds. And it's like, well, you know, if I spend a little bit more money, can I, can I do, can I get some more track time or can I do like these bigger tracks and stuff? And, uh, and that, uh, slowly progressed to some more friends that were doing track day stuff, HBD. And, uh, I mean, I mean, I remember there's a, there's a Z event, um, that's hosted, you know, every year down in, uh, in Georgia and there for a while, like the, they would go to, uh, uh, road atlanta um every year host a big big z event mm -hmm. and uh also with that they do one day you know at the track day and uh at at road atlanta and i was like oh this would be great for my first track day so <laughs> nice. road atlanta ended up being my first time ever on track and that was oh man that was uh probably five years ago maybe maybe a little bit more than that i can't i can't remember exactly what year it's Man, it's been a been a while, and uh, so yeah, that was my that was my first ever track day, and then I guess kind of moving forward from that, I had another guy do that. He was into doing grid life stuff and time attack, and and uh, he was in the street mod class, and and kind of introduced me to to the whole to the whole grid life thing, and came to my first ever grid life event at Gingerman that next year. So the rest who, is kind of <laughs> who who was that. Is uh Chad McCurdy. I don't know okay. if you know him. He's uh yeah, I know the name. He had a he had a Evo that he uh he used to track. I don't I don't think he's got the car anymore, but uh but yeah, I went to went to Gingerman with him and I mean I, I got I got stories track day stories for for days on these things. I mean I literally first ever grid life event doing an HPDE. I mean I packed all my stuff into my into my Z yep. that I drove to the track. You know, even uh, even the canopy, the the canopy I brought literally sat on my center console, and you got to do the whole elbow thing yep. on top of the on top of the canopy, and you can and, fit a lot in Z's, like because of the hatch, like it's it's surprising. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was I was definitely surprised. I mean, Jack, I brought a jack and some jack stands, a little a little toolbox, and and my brother came with me, and and he was there just you know watching and you know enjoying as well, and. And I remember telling him it, it got down to that last session on Sunday. And I was like, you know, man, you, should, should we, you want to head out now and, you know, hit the road and maybe get home before dark or you want, you know, we got time for one more, one more session. And he's like, well, you paid the money. You go out for that last session, went out for that last session and shredded the serpentine belt on the car. Uh -huh. <laughs> 
and that's our ride home the track's getting dark everybody you know half the place is already like loaded up you know ready to head out luckily the buddy that i you know that lives you know 10 minutes from me is uh he he was he he you know hadn't loaded up fully yet and and we found a serpentine belt like an hour and a half south of the track is the best we could find and and uh because i couldn't drive the car so he ended up unloading his race car out of his trailer loaded my you know my daily essentially into his race car trailer and i drove a truck and a trailer for the first time headed south an hour and a half while he you know drove behind in his full-blown race car (laughs) just so that we could meet up in an o'reilly parking lot change the serpentine belt and get home that day yep gosh (laughs) it's wild was so when you first started out, you know, you, you did that first autocross day and you were, seemed pretty hooked straight away and kept wanting to like, what's next, that what's next sort of thing. Did, did any part of that like resonate with what really drew you and kept you in dirt bike? Was it, I'm, I, I assume like a lot was different, but like what, what was it about the cars that really hooked you oh man it's uh definitely very very similar it's uh it's i think it's a lot of the uh the the competition aspect the the you know you get a you get a benchmark when you're racing against people and and you know you gotta put in the work to to get better than that to to one-up yourself to uh you know kind of go up the board a little bit and you know with that autocross is, is the same same way i mean you know, you're here on the track the same as everybody else. You get a time and, you know, that's that's just what you did. You know, you uh, you know, if you want to do better than that, you got to improve the car, improve the driving, you know, you know, read up and learn stuff. And and, you know, it's it's that like mechanical, like human nature of like them combining together to, you know, to have an output. You know, it's a uh, it's a uh, it, it's you know, it's the same thing with, uh, with racing dirt bikes that that's now into, uh, you know, what I do with racing cars now. It's, uh, it's, it's a blast. There's, there's nothing like it. <laughs> Dang. How old are you now? Uh, I just turned 27, I believe <laughs> like uh, last month. So I, I feel like I look a lot older than, than I am, <laughs> but <laughs> man, this car stresses me out. Work stresses me out. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, man. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You're not even old enough to have ruined your life yet. This is you still got a ways to go. Oh, man, <laughs> he's not wrong. But yeah, um, so you're you found your way kind of into the grid life ecosphere, and you jump into the very deep pool that is street mod, even as it was back then, and it's kind of only gotten worse from there what's what did you think about your time in time at grid life time attack yeah so just uh just to clarify my buddy uh that got me into it chad uh he he was on street mod gotcha. uh, when i first entered into grid life i was doing uh i basically just did a full year of uh hpde so okay just you know yep. um just out there yeah, just uh, you know, trying to learn things and and you know, just just having fun, really. First and foremost, I mean, I I told myself also in the beginning, I was like, you know, I 
took motocross like super serious and my family did too. And we were racing, you know, for points and championships and stuff like that. You know, whether, you know, it was just lo- like, you know, local stuff or regional stuff or trying to get to Loretta's. And, and I, when I got into cars, I was like, I would love to like be able to like enjoy this without like taking it super serious um, and just be out here for fun. And how's uh, that going? <laughs> it's uh oh man we'll, we'll, we'll get to that I later got on the podcast we'll, we'll get to that later it's all right <laughs> but uh yeah i mean i was i was having a blast and and naturally that that competitive bug in you just is like oh you know hey we're going around a track and you know there's there's time attack that's in the same paddock as us and and these guys, you know, are in these classes that I'm not in, and I'm just out here for fun. But let's go ahead and check, you know, what kind of lap times am I running compared to what my car might be in? Mm-hmm. And at the time, my car was really close to a, a street class car, you know, Grid Life Street. And, um, and, and, and yeah, I was, I mean, I was looking at the times and I was like, for like, you know, being, this is my first year and I know I'm just trying to learn and have fun and stuff. My times are like super comparable to like where I could be getting podiums and stuff if I was, you know, racing in time attack. And I was like, next year, is, that's gotta be it. I gotta, I gotta go for it and, you know, try out the whole time attack thing. And, okay. uh, and that's where time attack came in the, the very next year. So it was, it was one year of HPD and then straight into time attack and, and to, to prepare for time attack, did you go like all in on car prep beforehand or did you just like want to dip your foot in and see what you needed to do after that point? I mean, for the most part, I mean, it seems like this isn't the case, but for the most part, I try to just dip my toes in first and not like full-blown like do everything humanly possible um to you know prep the car to the max level that it can be for a class um same way with gltc i mean i try to use what i got first and then just kind of slowly make it better over time so really uh, as you know for preparation for you know grid life street class i mean i really didn't do um too much of the car i mean it was it was really close to being built to the rules without even looking at a rule book um, so that, that was also great. I mean, it was super accessible for the car at that point. And, uh, you know, first year went, went great. I think I ended up third on the year for my first ever time doing, nice. doing time attack stuff. And, uh, obviously things, you know, I stuck around in the class for a couple of years and, and things got wildly out of control. Uh, the street class cars that, that I was racing against have since, did wild development and uh you know my car couldn't touch those anymore um you know power level suspension stuff i mean those cars are crazy now i mean all time attack classes are that way it just seemed um to you know kind of get out of hand at some point almost and i remember watching the thing that we all know of now is as gltc while i was racing you know time attack street class and and you know getting podiums and stuff and and kind of felt outgunned at at, at most of the races uh, but i was still like holding my own i just i just remember watching uh the first races of gltc uh from the sidelines as a time attack guy and i was like man this if it if I can ever get to this point, like driver skill wise to where I, I could feel like I'm ready to like jump in with these guys. Like I would love to 
you know, for GLTC to be, to be the next step in, uh, in racing. And, uh, and, uh, it took one trip out to Colorado for Grid Life's Alpine Horizon Fest. Ended up racing that weekend. And, and I think on the last day, my, uh, my engine up, engine ended up blowing up on the track and uh oil everywhere and you know rod went through the block and i was like i think this is the sign i need to you know kind of hang it up for this season and i'll come back next year and and gltc and and that's uh that's essentially what happened i i took that as my uh my way out of uh time attack and you know got a new engine and put the cage in the car and started prepping it and um then we ended up in this this thing we call GLTC. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember at that same time, you and Swinton came in the same year, both from yep. Time Attack. And I remember there was some, let's say, controversy about uh, turn <laughs> signals. Um, and... You know, you and Swinson both were coming at the time, and there was some. We were curious to see what the time attackers coming into GLTC were going to be like. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, de- I definitely remember. Yeah, yeah, and you came in and you were great. Like you were respectful. <laughs> you were excited to be there. Like you were delightful to talk to in paddock. Like. It's just nice to have you there. And I remember uh, your first weekend was at Coda, wasn't it? Yep. yep. Yeah. And first you, weekend at Coda. And you had a pretty good weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that weekend couldn't have went, you know, any better. Um, yeah. I mean, that was, a, that was a great weekend. I, I remember me and, me and Swenson talking beforehand. We, we hadn't really known each other, like, too terribly much uh, beforehand, but we were kind of talking to each other a little bit because, you know, we we're the, we we're the incoming time attack guys into the, you know, coming into this whole wheel to wheel thing. And, you know, we we're, you know, you know, wanting to want to do good and, you know, but also want to be respectful and, you know, have that kind of, you know, racecraft thing that we, you know, we're kind of missing from, from the whole time attack side of things. And, and yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it ended up somehow, we ended up on the podium in our first ever GLTC weekend. That's a that's the only GLTC trophy I have. It's a third place at Coda for my first ever wheel to wheel weekend. I was absolutely like I was so nervous going into that weekend. I like my first thing was do not do not touch anybody else's car. Like I want to just be clean. I'll be you know out of people's way. Like I want to drive fast when I'm by myself. But like I just kind of want to you know dip my feet in and 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 see where i'm at you know there's always room to improve down the road but you know i wanted to get that first one out of the way and man it was great i think i qualified like fourth and i was just i was blown away i was like this is this is wild um and uh yeah yeah it's uh it's been a great ever since uh, man well, I imagine it's got it had to have been a little comforting to you with practice and then qualifying to virtually time attack sessions with maybe a little bit more traffic um, to at least like kind of ease you into the water or the fire hose that is race starts. But I I would imagine that at least like eased you into the weekend a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah, it it definitely did. And I mean, there was a uh I believe they've been doing this for, you know, since I've been going down there for the past 3 years, but there's a, you know, that practice day beforehand, uh the day before that allowed us to, you know, kind of get out there. And that was the first time I had ever been at Coda as well and first ever wheel to wheel weekend. So, I mean, I had to learn the track as well as, you know, learn to race door to door with people. And, and yeah, so, I mean, that first practice day went pretty smooth. I mean, I had pretty quick times and then, you know, you roll into race, you know, race weekend and, and, you know, that morning practice went well, qualifying ended up amazing. And then you get to the, the whole race one nerves of your first ever start and you know what do i do here what do i do there you know what happens if this happens and you know all the nerves beforehand and it, it kind of took me back almost to that that feeling i have been missing from uh racing motocross the entire you know my young years of when you're on the gate you know before the gate drops and everyone's got their revs like super high before before the gate drops that that butterfly feeling uh before the race starts and then you know after the race starts you get through turn one that kind of like eases down and and you just you know kind of have fun from there what are the differences and similarities between turn one on on dirt bikes versus a car (sighs) um so motocross definitely is a little bit i mean it's definitely more aggression um you know, with GLTC, I mean, we're we're sinking so much money into these things. We want to keep our cars clean and and not touch anybody, and you know, we just all just want to have you know have fun and have a good race weekend. Whereas, you know, motocross is kind of elbows out. You know, if you you know you're going in and your knees are out, elbows out, and into turn one, there's you know 30, 40 guys going into the same corner, and and uh, you know, it's a little bit more aggressive, and and which you know is is what it is kind of thing but um it's definitely the same feeling before the you know before the race uh as compared to you know when you're racing so how how did you deal with that aggression so you're you're saying in motocross or dirt bike starts that everyone's getting aggressive do you match aggression or did you match aggression with aggression did you like kind of just try to be smarter and like get around it did you just be like all right if you want to be like that go ahead i'll i'll do this later on or something like that like how how did you respond yeah i think i think the biggest way you know kind of trying to remember back to it is you know the best way to not have to deal with anybody into turn one is to be the fastest guy into turn one and i like quickly uh got into like being one of the quicker guys to get the whole shot and like i remember like some people (laughs) like this is how this is like super old but like some people would you know like nickname me whole shot hurdle which is you know the first guy around the the first turn and and that that's some of my friends saying that but uh man yeah it's that was one thing i was like surprisingly decent at is you know being the first one around the first corner and it's kind of like you know everybody starts out beside each other in motocross versus you know when you're on a racetrack you know with in gltc you're kind of stacked up where you where you qualified at um so it's kind of staggered back and uh but when motocross you know when that gate drops there's there's 30 40 guys going into turn one that basically all have the same distance to turn one so you just got to be the fastest guy there and the only way to have a clean turn one is just to be the first one there and the first one out of it 
So uh, we got we got good at that. We weren't as great on the racing side of things, but we were we got the, our starts down pretty good. So okay. <laughs> what? So I know coming into your first GLTC weekend, it's kind of it's almost hard to know like specifically what to be nervous about. Like you don't you don't know what you don't know at that point. But going into that first weekend, what you know, I know you said that you didn't want you know, obviously you didn't want any contact. But what were your did you have goals? Did you have hopes? What were some of the specific things that you were nervous about or kind of trying to be aware of? Um yeah, basically the biggest difference um which brought the nervousness um from racing motocross to racing, you know, cars is what you can see around you. So on a dirt bike, you got just a helmet on. There's there's nothing around you. If you want to see who's beside you, you kind of look over, you know, turn your head one way or the other. You can see who's beside you. Uh you have like a lot more vision and awareness of where you're at. And as well, and to that point also, you know, when you're on a racetrack, it's, you know, dirt and ruts form up and there's, you know, a certain number of ruts that end up forming in a corner. And when you get in a rut, there's like no one going to take that, that rut from you. So that line around that corner, whereas when you're in a car, it's a flat surface, like everybody's kind of got access to the track. So, I mean, you don't really know if someone's going to be here or there and, and you got to have like a lot more awareness, especially in a car, you know, you're, you got a full cage around you, a car, you're sitting low in a car and you, know, you can't see out the, the rear window is great because there's a cage and a wing back there. And, and, uh, you gotta have like a lot more awareness of, you know, who's behind you. If someone's, you know, coming up to pass you and, and it, I feel like it's made it a little bit easier with GLTC because there's that, there's that like respect aspect of it, of like, people shouldn't be dive bombing you in the break zone. So you need to be aware of it, but you don't like fully get surprised by someone just, you're running up the inside of you um, where, you know, that, that could happen in, in, uh, in racing motocross. So, yeah, you and I were talking about mirrors uh, a month or so ago. What, what did you end up doing? Yep. Uh, so I threw my factory mirrors back on, um, I want I, my whole thing was I was trying to get some mirrors that were some side mirrors that were curved so I could see a little bit further out mm-hmm. um, instead of just see like kind of like what's on the sides behind me. I want to see like what's a little bit further out. Um, but I ended up, you know, that was, didn't get really checked off my my checklist um, as far as side mirrors go. And just, I just kind of didn't get to it. But I did get to. Uh, one of my improvements for that uh, before Coda was I put in a a camera style rear view mirror. So okay. my rear view mirror is now essentially like a twelve inch. Uh, you know, it's a TV. You know, a, a TV, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then I got a camera mounted on the back, and I got like a full on four K view of whoever's behind me, and it's nice. it's super clear. It's like it's like perfect. You, you glance right up that and you, you don't have to worry about a cage back there or a dirty window or a glare on the rear window or a wing in your way. I mean, none of that stuff. It's like a full on, like, it's a great picture. And like, I feel like it really helped out this, uh, this past weekend racing, racing at Coda. It was, it was a lot. I felt like my response to seeing what was going on behind me was very quick. 
and and it was easier for me to check it more often uh, and get like a, a responsive you know feedback of you know who's behind me who's doing what you know what cars back there you know where they're at kind of thing and I, I man I I love it for from the first weekend it's 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 great I would recommend them to to anyone that's wanting to know that that awareness you know to have a little bit better awareness from behind you so yeah what what have been some of the things because this will be your third season yep yep third season third third season season of gltc so you know definitely not inexperienced anymore what have been some of the things that you've learned or found yourself really having developed over that time um definitely getting better at the racecraft side of things um like when i first started my goal was to just be super clean be respectful try to do the things that i i think i should do in a racing scenario versus you know try to race people like you know how i do now is you know i want to be a little bit more racy with people you know, kind of keep things a little bit closer, you know, kind of try things out. Whereas, you know, the first race weekend, it was kind of, you know, avoid someone a little bit if they're a little bit faster kind of thing. But, um, so I've definitely felt like I've gotten better on the, the race craft side of things. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not perfect by any means. Um, but man, it feels, it feels amazing to have like a good solid, like clean race where you're, you're close and battling with somebody. It's, that's the feeling that that I like look for in race weekends, you know, you know, moving forward. And that's, that's what I, that's that feeling that I'm, I'm searching for. Nice. Your skills as a time attack driver to wheel to wheel, I presume that's helped you in qualifying. 100%. Um, what, what, did anything else transfer? I mean, besides like the basic skills of driving a car fast on track. Um, I, I want to say mostly it helps you, um, just in qualifying, you know, learning the tracks is, is a big thing, you know, trying to figure out the lines. I don't, I don't have like a sim or anything. I play, I play Forza every once in a while. Um, but yeah, as far as like what transferred over from from time attack is, you know, learning the tracks and and just trying to find that perfect line of of what works and what doesn't. Um, and that's and I kind of noticed that as well um, on my first couple years of my race weekends. I mean, really up until this last race that I just had last week, um, I would generally my race weekends would go qualifying decent. Mm-hmm. And then I would move backwards from there, you know, and that's, that shows me a sign of like my race craft just kind of isn't where I would want it to be. Like I'm, I'm fast enough to hang with the guys, but when somebody would get close to me, it was more like, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm being, you know, where I need to be and, and racing people, how, you know, I would kind of want them to race me, you know, plus some, because, you know, I was new and I'm probably leaving a little bit more space and, and just making sure side of things. But, but yeah, I mean, that's that's what I kind of learned from my first two years of racing is, 
you know, the qualifying would go well. And, you know, I qualify, you know, up, I'm always trying to shoot for top five qualifying, but, you know, through a race weekend, it would, you know, I would start to jumble back, you know, people would mm. get up close to me and I would drive a little bit more defensive try to be a little bit more clean. And, and, you know, I would end up moving back on a, on a race weekend and, you know, finish, you know, if I could qualify in the top five, I'd be lucky to, you know, end up 10th overall on a race weekend. Cause I would just kind of, you know, I would just try to be as clean as I could, um, you know, until this past, until this past weekend, you know, I, I qualified, I think eighth uh, at Coda this past weekend. And, and, uh, man, I, I got some, you know, clean races and I got to be like racy with some people. And yeah. I mean, there was some, there was some unfortunate things that happened to some cars that helped me move up a little sure. bit, but I, you know, I was passing some guys on my own and, and, you know, holding, holding some guys behind me that are that are known to be quick drivers and and i was feeling like really good about the like the race craft side of things this past weekend so um that's that's kind of one of my goals for this year is to be you know a little bit more like racy with people but still keep that like clean side of things that i that i you know had in in my first couple years good good and you're kind of known for you again you you tow your car with the truck your dad is your crew and your girlfriend hangs out and helps out and it's like it's the three of you (laughs) yeah yeah i mean oh man it's uh doing uh hbde stuff and time attack stuff it was kind of uh you know just kind of me and then you know the girlfriend was there um, but my dad kind of didn't come around, um, as much, but man, when you get into like a full blown, like GLTC weekend where, you know, you spend all this money and time prepping the car and, and these guys are just so fast. And, you know, we have, or it's awesome to have like some of the greatest drivers around race with us. It's, you know, you want to compete with them. And, and when you got four races on a race weekend and you need to have a car like ready to go before every single race, it's, it's, I'm, I'm grateful to that. My dad wants to, you know, come and help out and, you know, you know, help get the car ready before the races. I mean, heck I, I snapped a, uh, an upper control arm bolt in qualifying and there was like two hours before race one at Coda. And I mean, I don't, I don't think I would have made race one if it wasn't for my dad being there, you know? So we, we found the part and, you know, he helped me, you know, put that thing back together. And, and there's definitely something to be said about, you know, someone else helping you work on the car so you can kind of chill out, especially on like a hot weekend. Um, you know, if, if you're spending all your time hustling to, to wrench on a car in the hot weather and, you know, slinging tools around and just barely make it out there for race one, I mean, you're probably not going to have the great greatest race one. You know, I mean, you're, yeah. you're going to be all psyched out. I mean, you're, your brain's going to be everywhere. Your mind's not, you know, ready to have like a clean race. You're just kind of out there. And I'm, you know, fortunate that I, you know, got to help him out with some things and we, we got the car back ready. And yeah, it's, it was a, it was a pretty smooth weekend, all things considered, you know, thanks to, thanks to him. And I mean, heck, I probably, it would have been a rush. I mean, I'm not even sure I met what even made it to Cody. He was, he spent a lot of those nights before the race weekend in the garage with me. I mean, my mom probably feels like she's single <laughs> before, <laughs> before we even got to code. I mean, he was, he was at my house more than, you know, he got to go home and, and yeah, man, I'm a, a very fortunate. I can't say it enough. <laughs> That's cool. Does he, does he like being a race dad again? 
that's, yeah, that's kind of hard to give up sometimes when your kids do a thing and like that's your job is to take care of them and then your kids move on. That means your job is done. Right. And, yeah. I th- I think I I don't want to speak for him, but I believe that he kind of missed it. I'm gonna say a little bit. I, I would assume. Um. I mean, even when he he got down there, I mean, I you know flew my parents down there so that they could be be there with me, and obviously the perk of that is. You know, having a mechanic essentially there with me. He's not yeah. a mechanic by trade, but he's just he's just knowledgeable in so many aspects of of everything. And and yeah, I think I mean he was even you know I was like saying the car was fine. Let's just you know go out and race it. And he's like, oh no, we can we can tweak this here. And you know he he even bought like uh, you know suspension like alignment stuff so we could tweak on things before a race. You know <laughs> nice. I think he kind of misses it just a little bit um, and. Yeah, I mean, he was he was wanting to tweak on things before a race, and I was like, oh, I don't know about that, but I think we could try it, kind of thing. So, so you're a mechanical engineer and a race car driver, and yep. that is either the best or the worst combination, depending <laughs> on how you combine those things. How do you either engineer your way out of stuff or not? Yeah, I. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I uh in high school I just I, I kinda like the I kinda like the design and build aspects of of the engineering side of things. Um and I was always like kinda good at uh at math and in, in high school and and that's when I you know I was always kinda wanted to have a job that I could, you know, be able to make the kind of money that I knew that I would want to make if you know, so I could afford the hobbies that you know, that, that we do, um, because racing is definitely not cheap. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do engineering at work and, and design stuff and, and I, I'll design stuff and, um, do that side of things like all day long, um, engineering stuff, math numbers, it, it gets a little bit, um, I don't know. I want to say this like it, it, you know, if you do it all day at work and then you get home and you got to do more of it on the race car. It's, I mean, it's the same way with a, a mechanic, you know, having a race car. He probably doesn't work on want to work on his race car when when he gets home. He just wants to have a race car, you know. Um, but the design, the design th- side of things, I, I really like. I like designing um you know, anything from the deliveries that you see on my car to, you know, it was really fun to design and develop the splitter that that's brand new for the car. The side skirts are brand new on uh, just the wing. I did that last year. Those were all designed by me. Um, yeah, that, that side of the thing, uh, I love, I'll, I'll do that, that side of the stuff, you know, all day long. Um, math side not- of things. You're not uh, running to run like full CFD on the splitter before you build it or anything. <laughs> no, I haven't got into the CFD stuff, uh, mainly probably because I have um, the guys at uh, Professional Awesome kind of help out a little bit. Um, I, I talk, I feel like I might probably lean on Mike at Professional Awesome a little bit more than I probably should. <laughs> uh, I'm always like bugging, bugging the crap out of that guy and, and talking about everything from suspension the wheels the the spring rates the arrow i mean he's a good he's uh he's yeah he's a good dude i'm i'm glad that he's uh 
I'm glad that he still even returns my my messages at this point. <laughs> but yeah, they 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 like they like this this hobby that even they're they're into. I mean, they've they all have other jobs too. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely definitely good guys over there. What are your hopes for this season of GLTC? I know you said racecraft. Definitely, definitely want to work on the racecraft side of things. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, just be kind of clean, consistent. Um, you know, last year I think I think there was one race weekend where I had four uh, clean races without. You know, I think like if you have something happen in a, in a race, um, in a GLTC weekend, um, and it could be like a, a numerous amount of things and, and you're, you know, sent to the back, whether that be, you know, mechanical, something breaks on the car, or I did something stupid and passed under yellow once last year and, and also did another thing stupid. And I was over on the dyno, which I didn't think was going to happen. All those things kind of, kind of, put a damper on your race weekend and I'd love to just have like good, like consistent, like four clean races on a race weekend and, and have the, uh, the confidence and race craft around people to like kind of maintain my position. I, I think maintain is like a, a good way to put it. I know that I can qualify pretty decently and, and generally on a race weekend, wherever I qualify at, that's generally my goal for the weekend is just kind of stay around that position. I'm not like really looking to, move forward after you know qualify unless i had like a bad qualifying but you know generally what like i had mentioned you know if qualifying goes well you know what had happened in the past is i moved backwards and i'd, I'd love to try to like limit that this year um just just have good four clean races and you know i'm not really looking at championship side of things or points or anything um but you know the points kind of points kind of add up at the weekend. It's kind of nice just to see where you land. I mean, I'm out here just kind of doing this for fun. I, I'm not like you know trying to get you know up on the podium every single weekend. Although it'd be nice, I I, I kind of set my goals that you know, especially with these guys and the the shops that show up to the the track and the amount of support and stuff that they have. I mean, I'm pretty pumped with the with the P5 overall on a weekend and. And that's uh, exactly what we got this past weekend. So I'm I'm more than more than happy with that. So it's it's interesting that you talked about in dirt bike the competition. You really like the competition, and then you know the autocross and timing, and you know comparing your lap times between HPD to. Um, time attack and then you get into time attack but you just don't get into time attack you're you're trying to do some work in time attack (laughs) and then you get into gltc and while it sounds like you want to improve you're i'm i'm finding that your take on like your position around you or like how you do in relation to other people is I'm going to say amazingly measured considering like what you've done competition wise up till now. Like did something, did something happen to you? Like, no, I, but like in the transition <laughs> from time attack to GLTC, it just, if it, it feels like you turn things down a little bit. Yeah. 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 I mean, time attack is, 
you're I mean you're out there by yourself and and you know you you're just racing the clock I mean you're kind of just racing yourself uh, to some extent I mean there's definitely classes and and you set your car up for a certain class but at the end of the day you're you're just racing you know your own time and and you know to see what you can do with your car on that given weekend you know with your setup and uh it's you know it I was like you know, trying to run for championships at that point. But, you know, uh, when I got into GLTC, I just, I really just want to, you know, just have fun with everyone and like be able to drive this thing that I spend the most time and money on, um, home after race weekend and be, you know, it just, you know, confident and racing around everybody and have fun and, uh, you know, take it home in one piece. Um, and, uh, you know, multiple people have said it, um, in the past and continue to say it, but, you know, you can have a lot of fun racing for P5, P10, P15, P35. I mean, there's, there's races to be had, you know, all across the board. I mean, I think that's, that's really where I'm like looking for the value at is the, is the fun, you know, not the, not as much the competition side of things as, you know, we we know the competition's there but you know you're spending all this money you might as well have fun while you're doing it and not turn it so much into like a job or you know stress too much out when you get to the track i mean i know we're stressing you know working on cars before we get to the event but i'd like to keep my race weekends kind of more you know chill and you know hang out with friends and you know have good races with them at the end of the day had you gotten to that point at, at in time attack where like at the end of a weekend you're just i mean we're, we're always tired at the end of the weekend but where the juice wasn't worth the squeeze yeah i mean more than anything i just i mean time attack is just you know it it, it seemed like you kind of show up with the car that you have and i mean while you are racing in the same class you almost at some times outclassed. Um, and that's kind of the appeal to the whole GLTC thing. Uh, you know, another appeal to it is, is that it's a full blown power to weight class. So, I mean, you know, everybody's on a, a level playing field as, to some extent. Um, whereas like time attack, I would show up and, you know, I'd be racing in, in a class with guys that got like, way better suspension or an extra 150 horsepower. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of time to be had just from a, a better driver versus, you know, somebody that's not as good of a driver versus, you know, how you can just get outgunned down the straightaway from an extra 150 horsepower. It's like, it ended up just really like weighing on you of like, I want to like compete with guys that I kind of feel like are on the same, that are same playing field essentially. So more take, I, and again, like GLTC certainly isn't a spec series, but take more of the mechanical aspects out of the racing for you was a good step forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I definitely, I think so. I mean, I've, I, I haven't regretted jumping from Time Attack to GLTC. Um, besides, maybe the. Um, race weekends feel a little bit more chill in time attack or maybe um just because you're just kind of out there like 
I don't want to like it's you know down time attack or anything, but you're out there just kind of you're racing the clock and and you know that's fun. But like, I really didn't have like the nerves, like the butterfly feeling. Uh, it was like kind of missing from time attack um, after you did it for a while um, with the same car over and over. I, and I wasn't like really improving the car like too much between race seasons. So, I mean, I was kind of just showing up with the same car or trying to race the same guys that were upgrading their stuff. And what I felt my car was kind of at the limits of what I could do in the class. Um, and, uh, and yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that butterfly feeling, I, I can't like get over that feeling like race one, you roll around, you stack it up and, and you have that, like your heart starts to pump and, and the butterflies, I mean, I just didn't get that in time attack and, and I, and you definitely have it in, in GLTC. I mean, we're three years in for me at this point and man, that like F1 start at Coda before the lights kick on, you're like, this is wild that you get to be a part of this. And, and, uh, man, it's, uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. I'm not sure it matters what you're racing, but that, that green flag to corner one thing is it's a moment like whether you're in cars or bikes or anything else you race yeah that's yeah that's a thing yeah yeah and i mean i will say uh grid life at, at some point um you know before i had you know moved to gltc they they did a couple events where they had you know kind of a shootout almost like kind of like what we do in gltc Bracket where it's battles. like you got one lap to put down a flyer or they did like the toge style thing where you had you know two cars and you got a measured gap between you guys yeah. when you go across the, the start finish line and then you end the lap with either a smaller gap or a bigger gap yep so that was like you know once again you're you know one lap to do what you can that was you you kind of got that feeling um that i now have in gltc but if i mean if all time attack weekends were like that i feel you know it would be a little bit more You'd, you'd have that you'd have that feeling for sure well and i don't want to say the problem but you know just one of the aspects of time attack is like the quote-unquote race can happen at any time like it and you get to choose when it doesn't happen for you like you can skip a session because it's hot it's greasy and or it's just started raining one session you're just like well not gonna go out this time so it's like you kind of get to choose when it comes where with a wheel-to-wheel race like the green falls and like if you're not there you're missing it (laughs) like you only have this one opportunity in this particular race you don't you don't get a mulligan yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that's kind of what I was referring to almost as how I said time attack weekends were a little bit more chill and relaxed is like right. you kind of knew as you've been doing it in a while, like what sessions are going to be the fastest. And if you're a consistent driver that and you weren't like working on problems on the car, you know, there's there's no need to do like eight sessions where you go out and get the same lap time. It's like you're waiting for that one Saturday morning session where the track is just going to be perfect. And, you know, you're just going to go out and, and set your lap time. And then, you know, like you said, you know, the hotter days or the hotter times of the day, it's like, well, you, you know, you could push as hard as you did that morning session, but you're probably still not going to be as fast as that, that one singular lap 
and that one singular lap is is all that really matters on a race weekend it can happen on a on a Friday, a Saturday, or a Sunday, beginning of the event, end of the event, you know, I am look- all you need is that one. I am looking forward to their, they're kind of going back to something like that this year on the festival stops with Time Attack where, you know, you get your qualifying time and things, but then once you qualify for kind of shootout at the end of it, like that, then from that point on, then it matters and you need to do it this this uh session right yeah and i i heard uh i heard rumors of them going to that you know over the winter and stuff mm-hmm. and and i think it's you know that's the right right direction uh for those guys and especially for like a uh, a spectator point of view as well it's you know totally. there would be a lot of people lining up those fences to you know watch one hot session of like you know the fastest five cars or 10 cars or whatever that that are in this class and them all being together and you know trying to go for that you know one fast lap i think it would be uh maybe fun to watch so for sure what does your season look like so you you got code under your belt that is uh another tricky question um i was literally before the podcast uh looking at uh some different different things as far as like parts i need that i know that i need to get on the car before the next event and sure. um some maintenance items and and uh stuff that i didn't quite get to before coda um man i i, I told myself while i was at coda that i was probably gonna have to miss cmp because i know i want to go to Watkins Glen. Yep. and man this past week of just looking through photographer photos of at coda looking through data with luke and and a bunch of other gltc guys and in-car footage i just uploaded a couple days ago and re-watching all those i mean man it's gonna be so hard to miss out on cmp even though i probably should be financially responsible and skip that one and go to Watkins Glen. so it's a I'm long season sure. still a long <laughs> season yeah, I mean, I, I usually try to shoot for about five events um, okay. on a, on a weekend. That's about what what my budget and you know my will to do is. So I will for sure be at Watkins Glen. Okay. Uh, not sure if I'll be at CMP. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Another time crunch to try to do that one. Yeah. Um, I know I'll be at uh, Mid Ohio because that one's only a couple hours from the house. Sure. Um, Road America. I I bought that ticket, you know the the full one NASCAR weekend. You, Can't miss you, that one. You and sixty nine other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and um, I can't remember is that. Let's see, that's Coda, Watkins Glen, you know, CMP is a yes or no. Lime, Ohio, Lime Rock, and Lime Rock. I did last year. Okay, um, that one's about eleven hours from me. Yeah, I I like. I mean, it wasn't a terrible drive. I it's did like there. the track. Um, it just, I kind of felt like I was missing something from the race weekend almost. Like, I know everybody loves that, you know, loves going there. And the vibe was amazing. It, it felt like an old school, like, uh, road Atlanta days of grid life. Um, it, like, everybody was there. Spectators were, you know, thrown throughout the paddock. Like, people coming up and asking you about your car. You felt like like you were some kind of professional driver almost people coming up and taking pictures and and that vibe was like really great but as far as like on track like racing it it 
it feels very, it, to me at least, it felt very, you know, single-lined, and you didn't get that, like, race-crafty side of things sure. that I always, like, try to look for in a in a race weekend. I mean, Mid-Ohio is, like, amazing for that. Coda, like, super fun, you know, side-by-side. Uh, Road America is going to be, you know, that's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I'll probably miss Lime Rock. Um, yeah. And then I would... I would love to be able to hit up uh, Laguna Seca at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's there's no way I'm hauling that car out by myself. Yeah. Um, so I gotta see. You know, I haven't like really like seen as, as far as like what it would take for someone to haul my car out there. And then you gotta worry about spare wheels and and tools and all that good stuff. And yeah. I'm not sure if it's you know, somewhere in the ballpark where I, I could potentially go, but I would love to like experience that track. And I mean, I think the only way I could do it is fly out and, and fly back with the, the vacation days. I think it's like a 35 hours, 34 hour drive or something. That's without stopping. I mean, that's it's big. I mean, you spend, you spend four days just to, just to drive out to that one. So, yeah. I mean, vacation days are already, already slim as they come. So and that's, yeah. And that's like, <laughs> and that's October. So that's like getting right in button up against Thanksgiving. And then you got Christmas oh. not far after like it's yeah. 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 And then you also, you know, I mean, you got, got to make the girlfriend happy. You got to, you got to fit a beach day in there off like Florida vacation, maybe a, a Vegas in there somewhere. I mean, you got to balance it out a little bit. So none, none of that <laughs> sounds bad. Yeah. <laughs> what um anybody you need to thank or say hello to uh yeah i mean first and foremost i i, I mean i think i gotta i mean it, it goes without saying i gotta i gotta thank my dad for <laughs> for being there and man he was he was you know it seemed like he was thrashing on the car before coda almost as much as i was and and um and and yeah got him there at coda and and he's helping out um title sponsor this year uh my buddy michael at at tpm parts um he's been supplying me with nexon tires for you know as far as i could remember i mean we got some of the like the the first models that that you could get on those and happy to you know help him help everybody else out on on nexon tires and koenig new sponsor for this year the the new 18 by 12s that I got on the car, 315s wide. I mean, those things are, <laughs> they look like yeah. steamrollers coming yeah. down through there. Um, Fortunato helped me like next day turn around wild, like like four day turnaround yeah, on, cool. on a repair. Uh, buddies at Dynasty tuning the car and they just, they, they're a good group of guys down in Kentucky that are always helping out. Um, and then Mike at Professional Awesome. I bug that man more than probably anybody does. <laughs> Just all the questions. And then uh, G-Lock Brakes, you know them. They're Danny, he's a uh, good good people as well. Uh, supply me with pads. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to... I mean, all those people that I just named off, they, I, they've been on the car for a while and and I'm, I'm pumped to, you know, have been working with them for so long. They're just, there's all like a good group of guys that just, you know, want to support and, you know, contribute to this to the sport and and me and uh it's uh it's great having them yeah people uh good people really help uh ease the uh burden of a uh of a club weekend for sure oh man you you i mean you about can't do it without them i mean any 
any little bit helps. I mean, I mean, that's, you know, it's, uh, we're very fortunate. So, yeah. Well, we are at track walking podcast on Instagram and Facebook track walking chats is the group on Facebook and, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Best way you can help out the show is uh, share it with somebody. So whatever episode you'd like, send it or post it or do all that sort of stuff. It's always helpful. So for the three of us here, I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And I'm Austin. We'll talk to you next week.